The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, yesterday evening, seeing a statement coming in from the Transport Board, Transnet Board Chairperson, that is, Bobo Mulefe, who was reacting with anger. Uh, this is to reports of an attempted association of a Transnet employee who has given evidence before the Zondo Commission of Inquiry into state capture. Earlier on in the day, on the front page of the Sunday Times, was a story by Tandukolo Jiga, investigative journalist, detailing the story of Witness 1 and basically what had happened to him. Um, Mr. Jiga is on the line and he joins me now. <laughs> Tandutkola, it, it sounds strange calling you Mr. Jiga. <laughs> good morning to you too, <laughs> A very good morning to you. Good morning to you, Kathy, and your listeners. I, I must say that when I was reading your story yesterday morning uh, on, on the front page of the Sunday Times, I was holding my heart in, in my hand, if that would physically be possible. But I, I, I couldn't believe just how brazen um, the attack on Witness One had been. Tell us about his story. Well, uh, Kathy, the story about uh, uh, witness uh, uh, number one and the attempted assassination, um, you know, came to our attention on on, on Saturday. Um, It had actually happened um, on Saturday morning uh, when he was driving in Neardale going to a workshop, um, a transnet workshop. Um, And um, he essentially said that Whilst he was driving, um, I believe the road is off the road, um, and he was moving towards um, a, a, a T-junction uh, when he saw a person on a motorbike near the bushes uh, approaching him and started uh, shooting um, at him. Uh, luckily, he was not harmed. Uh, his vehicle was still moving. He was uh, accelerating, uh, which could have um, actually saved um, his life. Um, and that is probably why he was not hit. Um, according to him, there were at least about uh, eight shots um, at the car. Um, the pictures that we found uh, of these vehicles show uh, bullet uh, holes uh, on the windscreen and on the on the on the on the window uh, on the side of the of the driver. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why Witness One is such a crucial figure and what he had to say um, in particular about um, just the, the, the happenings at Transnet related not only to its former CEO, but also that's Brian Mulefe who will be before the commission today, but also uh, Sia Bongagama. So, witness uh, number one is important at the Zondo Commission uh, because he was part of the security detail of the former GCO, and when he testified um, at, at the Commission in August uh, last year, uh, he actually made a couple of uh, claims and allegations that mm. um, he had seen on a number of occasions when he had actually driven uh, the former GCO Brian Mulefe to Sensing uh, World at the Gupta compound, um, you know, that he would uh, pick up uh, uh, monies. Um, then those monies would be put um, uh, in the boot of the car. And also, um, 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 uh, 
those claims, apparently, they also extend to other uh, negatives. So he is crucial in the sense that he seems to have been, uh, you know, present mm. when there were exchanges uh, of money uh, relating to uh, the Guptas. Um, uh, and you recall that the Guptas uh, had a controversial contract mm. there at, at, at Transnet. So it is a it is it is crucial evidence uh, that he is providing at the Zondo Commission in the sense that it also talks uh, to uh, gratification in terms of why the Guptas ended up getting contracts at, at Transnet. Tandukolo, the th- threats against his life began in 2019. On his own version, what has been done about the, these threats? Well, Kathy, according to you know um, to, to to witness uh, number one, uh, nothing uh, has actually happened. Uh, he says the only thing that happened uh, since uh, 2019, before he even went to the commission, he went and opened a case that his life was under threat. He was receiving threatening messages. Mm. The police themselves have been investigating uh, since. Uh, 2019 when he first opened the case and nobody has been uh, apprehended or um, um, any headways made in terms of of, of that uh, investigation. He himself, when he appeared at the Zondo Commission, repeated uh, these claims saying that he was receiving uh, threatening messages. He said that from there, uh, the only thing that he actually received was some sort of a report uh, from a, 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 a person uh, employed at the Zondo Commission. But he did not agree with that report because there was no risk assessment uh, conducted at his house, the routes that he uses, uh, and, and at his offices. Mm-hmm. So meaning that um, there was no proper risk uh, assessment done um, that you know would uh, 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 satisfy um, him being given uh, protection. So there's currently no protection for for him. Uh, be that as may, he says um, he is on his own, and because he's also trained in this kind of uh, field, mm-hmm. he thinks maybe he is better off alone. Uh, because um, he does not even know who to trust. So if no risk assessment has not been done, that is a quite serious uh, matter. Tandut Kolojika, as an investigative journalist at the Sunday Times, thank you so much for your time on the talking point today. So there then is is an account of one witness who has gone before the commission to tell his side of the story. Already we don't know his name because the commission found it fit that his identity remained concealed. However, as you heard on Saturday, comes under attack um, you know, and when he describes just what had happened to him, that this, you know, this motorbike driving next to him, shooting straight through um, the window. And it's it's actually a miracle that he managed to survive that. There are a number of messages that have been sent to him over the years. So just just listen to 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 part of those messages that were sent to him. Um, he would be sent. He would be sent. Um, um, bullets, pictures of bullets. Wazigakulu says one of the messages. 
Another one says, conspiring against Brian Mulefe's treason. Soon you will sleep in the bed you made, including your recruits. Look around you. We command. That's just one of the other messages he received. In 13 January 2020, we're fully aware that you're about to give evidence at the Zonda Commission again and have intimidated other bodyguards to give a testimony as well. And we're sorry to inform you that you are being used and you are on your own. I advise you to just resign and disappear. We have exposed others. And who do you think you are? You are on your own. Stop it with this moronic Superman. Sipongwema is the spokesperson for the NPA. Sipo, when you read just some of the messages that have been sent to Witness One, it's clear his life is under threat. What is the NPA doing about it, if anything at all? Uh, good morning, Kirsty, and uh, good morning to your listeners. As far as I understand, um, the witnesses, uh, tra- Transnet witnesses of the Commission, because we do provide witness protection services for the commission. Um, those witnesses tend uh, the offer down. Um, so they were offered uh, witness protection, but they didn't take it. Was was uh, witness one one of those people that turned down the witness, pr- that, that turned down the protection? That, my understanding is that they were transnet, including him, yes. What reasons did they give? Um, there are a number of reasons um, that they gave. In fact, I think it had to do with um some of them not wanting and then others say if so and so is not coming so i'm also not coming is is it to do with the fact that they could well not have trusted the system to protect them look i don't know mm. um if, if so they didn't give us the reasons why they wouldn't have um surely um we have been able to uh, provide protection to many of our witnesses um, so if they had issues, um, they would have said that. What do you make of the latest then in terms of the threats that are being made against this particular witness's life? Look, uh, of course, any threats to anybody's life by law enforcement, those are taken seriously. But I think it's a matter between whoever the investigating officer is, the witness. You must remember, um, witness come into the program on, by consent. You can't force people to get into the program. It's their lives, it's their liberty. Um, so that we have been able to put a number of people on the program. And uh, the record is fairly of a safe one. Mm. From what Witness One has said, it seems that there was actually this offer of 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 protection it doesn't seem to to have been made um to him because he says you know there was no risk assessment that was done and would that be part of the process that the npa would follow of course there would be risk assessment done by a number of other law enforcement agencies that would be part of the motivation that would be given to the npa for a particular witness Uh to be on the program and I assume that if the offer was made to all the transnet witnesses and they all turned it down, it means that those processes had been controlled. So so does the process happen before the offer is made or after the offer is made? It depends on the agency of the matter. There are situations where the the threat is urgent and you need to act now. Uh, There are some situations, of course, that things would have developed over time and therefore those processes take place. So it depends on the agency of the matter, but 
most of the time the investigating officer would alert the program and the program would do what is necessary, mm-hmm. um, evaluate uh, the motivation and then most of the time we take people into the program. The understanding from witness one is that he wasn't provided with any protection whatsoever. Uh, you must remember, we mm-hmm. provide witness protection. If it's issues around VIP protection and so on, that falls outside our mandate. Our mandate is to put people in, a, in custody of the witness protection, so we put them in areas. Um, many In some situations, we even remove you from either the country or the town or your locality. It depends on the circumstances. Many witnesses are not comfortable with that because mm-hmm. it may mean that the lives of their families may change because your children may have to find a new school. Sometimes other people have to find, we have to find them new jobs, new locations and so on. So sometimes other people are uncomfortable with those things, but depending on the threat, some of those things have to be done and some people are uncomfortable. So there's very little that the program can do if people are uncomfortable with those things. What kind of threat would you say that some of the witnesses who've come before the State Capture Commission of Inquiry are facing? Look, they are similar, some of them, to what you have heard. Uh, Threats on people's lives, um, intimidation, and so on. And uh, the program looks at them, and the program has been providing that service. In terms of attacks, have you had more witnesses attacked in a similar fashion? Look, uh, I'm not aware of witnesses linked to the commission being attacked on the program. Um, so probably the, the, the commission can be able to answer those. I can only answer for people who are in custody of the program who were attacked either in custody of the program or in transit. Mm. So for now, I don't have that information. Okay. Sipongwema is the spokesperson for the National Prosecuting Authority. Now, thanks for your time on the show today, Mr. Ngwema. So there you have it then, at least one witness, um, you know, almost losing his life over the weekend. And the one thing that it, it left me thinking about was just how there seems to be a brazenness and just a, a very clear sense of lawlessness in this country that you can be driving down the highway and somebody can just start firing shots at you. And the number of stories that we've covered in, you know, the last couple of months where it's very clear that the authority of the state is not respected in any way, that people feel that they can do things like that because they can get away with it. But what does that do for somebody who's sitting at home with information and wants to share it? Are you inspired? Would you be inspired to come forward with information, knowing the consequences, understanding the risks, but also then saying, well, maybe I I should just do this because it's in the best interest of, of the country? Would you feel protected standing up for doing the right thing? And yet at the same time, you know that your life could very well be under threat and that the costs of it are so high. So we'll have that conversation. The number to use this morning is 011-714-2006. You can also call on anything else that's on your mind, the SMS line 41391. And on WhatsApp, it's 0614-104107. It's just after 930